Welcome to episode 43 of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Just a quick PSA about this episode. I'm putting it out pretty much raw, unedited. This was recorded over the last couple of days live in front of camera, testing out the StreamYard, seeing what we can do with that in year 2024. This is a team review episode of how all the NBL teams fared this season during last year and how they might go to close out this current NBL season in the current year 2024. So a big happy new year to everyone that's listened to this little podcast here. Thank you very much from the bottom of my loins. Now let's get stuck into the latest episode here of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast Team Review MBL 24. Garbage Time! All right, welcome everybody to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I am Rodney E, the host of this podcast here, and we're back for another episode. I have moved house, I have a new place to record in, and let's not bother with all those semantics, all those irrelevant details to you, the listener. This is a 2023 season wrap-up episode of every team in NBL 24. We're going to go through, I'm going to go through every team here and rate their chances of winning the NBL championship according to, yes, you guessed it, me. So, uh, without further ado, let's get straight into the team reviews for this episode, the 2023 season wrap-up of NBL 24. NBL unrivaled. This is a world-class league. All right, first up, the Adelaide 36ers. Yes, the Adelaide 36ers. They currently sit 10th overall in this NBL season with a record of five wins and 13 losses. We all remember the infamous sacking of CJ Bruton, rumoured that he couldn't control the coaching staff. He was letting too many people talk. There were too many voices and it all just got a bit too much for the players, leading to the front office management sacking C.J. Bruton as the head coach and bringing in Scott Ninnis, favourite son of Adelaide, a Hall of Famer, former player, former championship winner with the Adelaide 36ers. And as soon as Ninnis became the head coach, he vowed to change the lineup a little bit. All except probably um, DJ Vassil Vasilievich. His 19 points per game this season has been invaluable since he joined the lineup. He has proved to be a pretty good facilitator for the team. Um, has had some inefficient games, but largely he has provided the scoring punch that Adelaide have needed to be competitive in any game that they have either won or lost this season. 
He's backed up by Jacob Wiley, who's averaging 11.5 points this season and almost eight rebounds a game. He's a high-energy guy. He keeps the vibe positive for the 36ers, no matter what is happening out there on the floor. And being that not a lot um, of positive stuff has happened for Adelaide this year, that has been extremely invaluable for this team as well. Now, Ninnis has recently said in the media that he would like to change the team's culture of mediocrity. Yeah, Adelaide have been down for a while. They, ever since the infamous sacking of Jerome Randall as well, uh, everyone remembers them beating uh, an NBA team over there in the US last year. That helped them absolutely zero in their NBL campaign. And questions are now being raised as to whether it helps any NBL team to go over and play these NBL, these sorry, these NBA teams in the preseason. Largely, it's just providing an impor- in, in, interruption for any NBL team that competes over in the US uh, in these exhibition games. Now, uh, Ninnis has done some good things as head coach. I think he has allowed big gay eye Isaac Humphreys to see the ball a little bit more on offense. I think that has been one of his directives. Uh, He's a guy who needs to have touches in the post. Uh, He needs to see the ball. Uh, None of these puns are intended, obviously. Uh, he is a big factor in them winning games and being competitive. He is averaging 14.5 points a game and around six rebounds a game. Yeah, Isaac uh, needs to improve his work rate, I believe, and the team needs to be consistent with getting him the ball in the post on offense, but they certainly need more out of him. Adelaide shoot poorly. From the three-point line, they shoot under 30% overall as a team, uh, which is good for ninth overall in the league. And their overall field goal percentage is ranked eighth overall this year in the NBL, which is simply not good enough. That is not going to win you games. They're one of the worst teams, um, or maybe the worst team, at allowing points from the opposition. Uh, We've seen Trenton Flowers come on in flashes and have some good moments, but uh, he's too young to be trusted with big minutes on this squad. Um, Exciting player, but certainly not the answer to their problems. Uh, Recently, they have lost against Illawarra, uh, the Perth Wildcats, by almost 20 uh, they did have that win against Brisbane in round 11, but that was that has been one of the few positive moments this season for Adelaide. Uh, they're currently 10th, and that's probably about where they stay for the remainder of this year. The Adelaide 36ers, yeah, I think they're pretty much looking to NBL 25 now and seeing if they can attract maybe some better talent from overseas, some better better talent locally, 
and it's yet to be seen whether Ninnis will remain as the coach there. But uh, some positive signs for the 36ers, but yeah, it looks like their season is pretty much done at this point. Let's move on to the next team, which is the Brisbane Bullets. Of course, yes, the Brisbane Bullets. They're currently ninth in the league on eight wins and 11 losses. Uh, It has been a struggle for this team, known for their fourth quarter fades, their lapses, uh, allowing opposition teams to get back in the game after holding leads. Justin Schuller has been a positive for them overall, but I think he is still working it out despite having some good pieces to work with on the roster. Uh, Nathan Sobey started the season as um, maybe a top three MVP candidate, but has since faded due to inefficient scoring, um, falling over too much after driving the ball and being a detriment to his team's ability to defend opposition teams in transition. Uh, He takes too many threes. He shoots around six and a half of them a game at a 25% shooting clip from beyond the arc, which is simply not good enough for your marquee player. He needs to be more selective shooting the ball. I think he's actually quite good from the mid-range and off the dribble, also coming off screens. Um, I don't like to see him with the ball in his hand working from the top of the key against screens and trying to take defenders one-on-one. It needs to be more worked more within the offensive structure of the team for his overall shooting percentage to improve. One of the shining lights for the Brisbane Bullets, I think, has been Josh Bannon. Uh, He's currently averaging 11.8 points a game and around 7.5 rebounds. He plays with poise and is deserving of his 29 minutes a game this season. Uh, He is a young player, but seems to have a very good basketball IQ and quite a mature head on his shoulders. He's a big guy around 6'10", who has a great ability to shoot the ball from the mid-range or from the three, uh, whether he's going off the dribble or an on-ball screen. He's a good rebounder, decent defender, not the quickest player, but certainly a very versatile piece for this squad. Of course, we have to talk about Rocco Zakarski. He is probably the biggest unknown for this team um, in limited minutes this year. He uh, has shown he can change the game on both the defensive end and the offensive end. He finishes well around the basket, defends the rim extremely well. Uh, His ability to change the opponent's mind about shooting in the paint is invaluable to this team. He's only 17. He looks destined for the NBA one day. He's a raw talent, but uh, I think the only way that uh, Shula can perhaps turn things around this season is to go with a double big lineup with Zakarski 
and uh, who's their other big guy there other than Aaron Baines, uh, Tyrell Harrison. Um, Tyrell is an excellent big man, one of the candidates for the most one of the uh, most improved players this season. Has been a little bit foul prone, a little bit injury prone through the year, but certainly uh, a valuable five man who plays with a lot of poise, finishes well inside the paint. Aaron has, uh, of course, infamously suspended for five games this year for pushing coach of the Cairns Taipans, Adam Ford, at um, a halftime break during uh, a game against the Cairns Taipans this season. Everyone remembers that, of course, when he lost his shit on the court after being elbowed in the neck by Lat Mayen. Uh, Aaron's been pretty good. Um, he's a bit of a volatile quantity out there, but has reined it in since then. Um, he provides toughness, obviously. Excellent screen assist player, uh, decent rebounder, and really only playing limited minutes behind um, Tyrell Harrison and has been vocal in advocating for Rocco Zakarski um, uh, to his own detriment, of course. Um, injuries have hurt the Brisbane Bullets a little. Um, injuries to Shannon Scott and now DJ Mitchell, who is gone for the season, uh, has obviously hurt this roster a little bit. Um, but... In turn, they have just announced Casey Prather. He probably needs to be the best player in the league to help this team make the postseason this season, um, which obviously he, he he is a he is a quality import. He has shown in the NBL before that he can be a top three player in the league, whether he is able to find that form for the Brisbane Bullets in such a short amount of time after only just being added to the roster is yet to be seen, but nonetheless, a positive and welcome addition to the team. I'm sure Justin Shuler is going to enjoy playing him big minutes. Brisbane overall are a poor three-pointing three-pointing team, three-point shooting team. Um, they obviously have good size in the paint, but lack the defensive effort on a lot of uh, occasions to keep the opposition scores low. And shown have shown yes that uh, in transition they can be poor at times as well. Um, they currently since sit ninth on the ladder, and it's unlikely they move much above probably eighth, I I would say. They're a very, very slim chance to make a play-in spot, but who knows, they may very well do it and prove me a big, fat liar. Possibly, but unlikely. Uh, so let's move on to the next team, which is the Illawarra Hawks. Yes, the Illawarra Hawks are the next team to get the Rodney E treatment here. 
They currently sit eighth on the ladder uh, with a record of seven wins and nine losses. They, of course, sacked Jacob Jacobus earlier in the year, who was getting absolutely nothing out of the roster and promoted Justin Tatum, father of famous NBA all-star Jason Tatum, who, for those seeing uh, this video in any shape or form, will notice I am wearing Tatum's jersey. Justin Tatum has reinvigorated this team. Um, They are playing much better under him. Um, I think Tatum preaches all the right things and gives a lot of his best players confidence to uh, play to their strengths on the court. Um, We've seen probably every single player on the roster improve since... Tatum has taken over. Uh, a few players have lost their spot in the rotation, but I think overall it's been for the best um, as far as wins and losses go for the Illawarra Hawks. Now, they probably have the most games to play out of any team uh, to close out NBL 24 regular season here. They have had four wins from their last five games, so they're on a bit of a roll. Whether they can keep that going against the next three teams, but as you can maybe able to see on the screen there, they've got the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix coming up shortly. Uh, They play them in Illawarra there, and then they go away to play Tasmania and Brisbane shortly following that. So they are all winnable games for the Illawarra Hawks. We may very well see them improve their ladder position over the next three games. Now, if they are to do that, Justin Robertson has to be a lot better than he's been for most of this season. He's had an underwhelming season, in my opinion, um, averaging 11.9 points per game and 4.5 assists per game. He has been highly inefficient, taking ill-advised shots from the perimeter. Um, Hasn't been good in setting up his team on offense on a lot of occasions, but uh, more recently has played a little better. So there is still hope for him to close out the season well this season. Uh, Tyler Tyler Harvey, we all know what that guy can do. His form has improved under Tatum and is shooting a lot more efficiently. I think they are running better sets for Harvey in their offense, and he is knuckling down a little more on defense. And this is all due to Tatum's influence. He's making better decisions at both ends and getting back to his all-NBL form of a couple of years ago. Tyler Harvey is still a dangerous player in this league and can take any shot within 30 feet of the basket, really. So, um, you know, he could very well get this team rolling and um, they do well to look for him as... Uh, a main uh, focal point in their offense in favor of 
Justin Robinson, in my opinion, he should Harvey should be taking um, a majority of the shots from their backcourt in favour of Robinson, who is just clearly not as good a shooter as Tyler Harvey. Sam Froling has probably been the Illawarra Hawks' most consistent and best player. He is averaging 15 points a game, eight rebounds, and shooting at 55% from the field. When he sees the ball on offense early in the game, he tends to play better throughout the game. Uh, their last three games, they've gone two and one. As I said, they've won the last four out of five games. The only loss coming against Tasmania there, which they lost by 11, but they have beaten Adelaide and Sydney most recently in their last two and are on a bit of a roll. Um, yeah, who knows? The, the Illawarra Hawks, I don't see them making a play-in spot, but... Who knows what this team can do? Tatum has certainly reinvigorated them and has got them playing much better defense and rebounding the ball, taking ownership and being accountable at the at the defensive end a lot more consistently. Gary Clark has been one of the best imports this season in the NBL. He's adjusted to the NBL style of play really well. He is a decent defender, a very good rebounder, and has proven he can score the ball pretty consistently from the mid-range. And if he has to step out and knock down the three as well, um, he plays within the team concept. He's certainly not a selfish player. And he thrives under Tatum's structures and system and has been one of the bright spots for the Illawarra Hawks over the course of 2023. And in 2024 now, uh, he will be one of the main reasons they make the postseason if they are to do it. Gary Clark, one of the best supporting players in the NBL, um, yeah, deserves props for being uh, very consistent and, um, yeah, playing within his team's structure and being able to do a little bit of everything out there. Uh, we've seen their next star next, uh, um, a little bit, AJ Johnston, but he's certainly not really a factor in them winning games. He is an exciting prospect, an excellent athlete, but really – only plays spot minutes. Tatum has played him sparingly uh, to allow him to get some playing time under his belt. But uh, certainly I think um, it'll be players like Hugh Young Lee, um, uh, Wani Swakala Bullock uh, and Lachlan Albridge that um, are going to uh, play the majority of minutes off the bench and uh, will possibly see time in, in the starting lineup depending on the matchup. Uh, William Hickey, um, yeah, we didn't see him play much during um, Jackamus's time and he has come on of late as one of the Illawarra Hawks' best contributors. Um yeah, as I said, they uh, still leak too many points. The Illawarra Hawks at the defensive end um, 
But, yeah, if they can continue knocking over teams that sit above them in the standings, they are still a chance to make one of these final playing spots um, this year in NBL 24. Yet to be seen whether Tatum remains as head coach into next season. I think it's still too early to call. I think uh, the Hawks management probably want to keep their options open as far as the head coaching position goes. But Tatum certainly looks like he could handle the job if they were to hand the reins of the team to him on a multiple-year contract basis. The Illawarra Hawks. Smokey to make a play-in in NBL 24. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are the next team up for review here. And they currently sit fifth in the league. They have a record of nine wins, ten losses. They are my favorite team. And for better or for worse, that's the team that I support. They've had a number of personal changes this year. Will Cummings was effectively sacked, or as Mike Kelly put it, he sacked himself uh, due to not adhering to uh, the ethical standards of the club, which uh, was very vague and we're not quite sure what he did wrong. But uh, as a result, he is no longer with the team. Uh, Also, they lost Craig Moller for the season after playing 12 games. He was a pretty big loss, not a big punch on the scoring end, but one of the best offensive rebounders in the league and certainly a solid defender and rebounder on the defensive end. This team has shown it can gut out a tough win, but uh, at times also complete capitulation has occurred against teams which they would be expected to beat. Um, Let's have a look at their last three results here. They lost against the Brisbane Bullets in round 13. They had a gutsy win against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers in round 12, one which they weren't expected to to win. They were extremely undermanned. Uh, and were playing a lot of their bench, but they uh, managed to get that one away too, which is another thing that the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix have not been good at this season, playing away from home. And round 11, they lost to the Cairns Taipans away as well. One which, uh, a game where, yeah, they were probably going into that one as favourites to win. Uh, but throughout the year, they really haven't played well away from John Kane Arena, their home court. And um, that has seen them not be able to challenge the top four teams in the league, particularly. More recently, Gary Brown uh, was found guilty of striking Aaron Baines in the game against Brisbane. Uh, this That's the second time this year that he has lost his shit on the court and lashed out at someone. Uh, he took an early guilty plea, copped a fine of around $1,500. Uh, I don't think he has to miss any time, but he uh, needs to display a much more level head for this squad 
Um, and in my opinion, has been far too consistent offensively for the Phoenix to rely on him uh, to carry the load offensively. He's a pretty decent facilitator, um, but um, yeah, he, he he's not really a player they can look to to carry carry the scoring load. Uh, Mitch Creek has um, only recently rejoined the lineup. He is clearly this team's best player. He may be a top three candidate for MVP due to his ability um, to get it done on the offensive end from the mid-range, from uh, a set shot for three, uh, creating off the dribble. Um, he's a excellent rebounder, excellent on-ball defender. He can probably get guard anywhere between one uh, through four. And he is one of Australia's best players. That's not even a question. Um, but he certainly needs the right support around him. Um, Alan Williams is one of the best, is probably the best rebounder in the NBL. He averages almost 11 of those a game and a pretty healthy 17 points per game. Um, but he is certainly prone to taking some questionable looks on the offensive end of the floor and make some questionable decisions on the defensive end of the floor as well, giving away silly fouls all too often and fouling out of games. Um, that seems to be a barrier to him playing extended minutes in a lot of games. He has acknowledged this publicly when he has uh, commentated for other games on the NBL um broadcast uh but despite all that you know he tends to keep making the same bad decisions on defense um which certainly hurts his effectiveness i think one of the shining lights for the phoenix has been ben air he's been a very solid contributor um off the bench for the most part i think he has started a few games as well but Generally comes off the bench and performs very well. He's a high-volume, high-percentage shooter from range. Very quick, gutsy defender, and always gives a very solid effort. Um, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix need a similar effort from players like Matt Kenyon and Ruben Tarangi, who need to come off the bench and just... Uh, get a job done for this team, at especially at the defensive end, rebounding the ball and providing um, you know solid defense. This team overall seems to struggle at the defensive end. Um, they really do need to knuckle down for much more than just uh, stretches during the game. They need to do it for the full forty minutes, and they've shown time and time again that uh, they're not quite capable of that. Mike Kelly preaches defense. He is a very defensive-minded coach. Uh, he said this countless times in post-game press conferences that uh, what that is what he expects of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix roster. He expects them all to commit on defense, but we've seen in games that uh, they have had pretty significant leads against teams 
but um, also allows those same teams to work their way back in the games. Now, their next game against the, is against the Illawarra Hawks. They cannot afford to drop that game uh, playing away. They then go away to play the Perth Wildcats a week later, which would seem to be almost a must win as well. Yeah, they're, they're holding on to that fifth spot in the league, but just barely. I'm starting to lose a bit of faith that they will have a postseason if they continue to be as inconsistent as they have shown to be at either end of the floor. Yeah, they'd certainly need to get it done and win at least two of the next three of these games. Certainly the ones against Illawarra and Adelaide and at the very, very least be incredibly competitive with Perth over at RAC Arena against them. Uh, really, the, the, that's what will either make or break this team. I think the next three games, they need to win at least two out of three. If they can do that, they have a good chance of seeing the postseason, at least from a play-in point of view. I don't think they cracked the top four, but they certainly have the talent and ability with the recent addition of Abdel Nader. If he can... Uh, find his spot in the rotation and prove that he can adjust to the NBL style of play and not get into foul trouble too often, take his shots on offense and make them. Perhaps that's what is going to enable this team to hold on to the fifth or sixth spot in the league and try and make a run at a championship from there. I really don't see them as a championship team at this point. They just seem a little bit a uh, little bit disjointed. I think the chemistry is not quite there. Uh, they perhaps need a full season under Mike Kelly to get the defensive right so they can limit opposing teams to uh, lower scores and keep them there while maintaining uh, – you know, 85 to 90 points a game on uh, uh, offense. Yeah, so um, let's hope that they can maintain the fifth spot in the league, but it is really dependent on these next three games. And if they can win two out of three, uh, I've got pretty solid hopes that that they'll uh, be a playing team. But if they only win one of these next three, then... Uh, I think they're pretty much looking to MBL 25 um, and seeing what changes they can make to improve. Next team uh, to have a look at is going to be the New Zealand Breakers. The New Zealand Breakers are currently sixth on the ladder. Um, they have, I think, won four out of their last five games as well. Um, recent results have been really uh, good against Tasmania. They recently beat them uh, in Tasmania, 98-93. Um, also, they won away against Brisbane, beating them 81-71. to and also had a big win against the Sydney Kings, beating them 
uh, at Spark Arena in New Zealand, 109 to 101. It's been a wild ride for the Breakers. Uh, they lost Justinian Jessup very early in the piece, and they have been shuffling the lineup pretty much ever since. Uh, they lost Will McDowell White with a foot fracture. Zylan Cheatham uh, got injured last October and has only recently rejoined the team, as has Will McDowell White. And they are currently missing Finn Delaney, who is one of their biggest contributors on both the offensive end and defensive end of the floor. Uh, he is set to w- miss probably another two to four weeks with a calf injury. Um, but let's talk about the positives for the Breakers. Uh, they added Anthony Lamb once Justinian Jessup went down. And uh, there's not much of a question that this guy is a guy who can create and make his own shot in the NBL. He is a legitimate NBA-level scorer. He proved that in the last few years playing in the NBA, most recently for the Golden State Warriors, where he logged about 16 minutes a game and shot the three at uh, over 40% from the field. Um, He is a very, very good scorer, and uh, the Breakers... Often look to him. He's he's averaging over twenty points a game in uh, the fifteen games that he has played for the Breakers. Um, it's clear and evident that Modi Mayor, the head coach of the Breakers, backs his players, and the chemistry of that team is evident. Uh, they have they have a very solid next man up type mentality. And Isaiah Liafa, Daniel Fotu, Mangul uh, Matiang, they have all proven this by stepping up when these other players have been injured and getting it done for the Breakers, um, who are on a bit of a roll of late. Um, They've got the Perth Wildcats coming up uh, next, um, and they play them at home. And then following that, they play Melbourne United at home. Um, and then they have to go away and play the Sydney Kings. So these next three games for the Breakers are going to be telling. They're going to need to win, uh, I think, at least one of these games, uh, perhaps um, two out of the three to figure in the postseason. They have beaten Tasmania, obviously, who were probably a top four team. Um, but uh, have struggled against the best teams this year. Uh, but obviously, um, you know, that's been due to the lineup changing uh, quite a bit and them having to adjust to different uh, difficulties with player injury and personnel. Uh Parker Jackson Cartwright, um, he has been excellent for them all year. He has been one of the consistent positives for the Breakers. He's been absolutely mighty. He speeds up the game. Uh, He is a great facilitator, decent shooter, and has been very consistent in shouldering the offense next to Anthony Lamb. Um, He is legitimate grease lightning on the floor. 
uh, he beats every other guard, barring someone like Jordan Crawford, um, with his speed. And uh, yeah, he's just a, a, a high quality player in the league, and um, has enabled the breakers to stay fairly consistent despite uh, them having players out for a majority of games so far. Um, there next are Montes Rubstash Vicious. I'm still not saying his name right, I don't think. Um, but recently we've seen uh, Montes Rubstavicious. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Rubstavicious has been excellent in their last four games, all wins for the Breakers. Uh, he has scored 15-plus in all of those wins including a 21.8 rebound game. Uh, he's a lefty. He can, he's can. he got a smooth stroke. He can definitely shoot the ball from range, but has also shown that he can take it to the rack and has decent athletic ability. Uh, he has been a shining light, and um, Modi Mayor is, is clearly trusting him a bit more, so he could be an X factor in their upcoming games where they need to win against teams placed higher than them on the ladder. And I think if they can maintain their fitness, the New Zealand Breakers are still a chance to crack the top four, um, depending on how well they can play against uh, these these uh, top three teams in the next three games coming up. If they can take at least two of those games, uh, I think the Breakers probably hold on to at least a top six spot in the league. They could possibly push out a team like the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix to uh, have a postseason. They are reigning runners up for last year's NBL championship. They played in the finals against the Sydney Kings last year. Uh, they clearly play with a lot of spirit, a lot of heart, and uh, have really good team chemistry. They're a, a very different squad from last year, but they have shown that they can get it done even when the chips are down and also maintain um, competitiveness in games that they've lost. So watch out for them. They could definitely rise from their current position or at the very least maintain it. The New Zealand Breakers, a uh, good chance to make at least a play-in and uh, figure in the postseason for NBL 24. So moving on to the next team, which is going to be the Cairns Taipans, currently sit seventh, actually, just outside the top six. Uh, they have a record of nine wins and 11 losses coached rather infamous, infamously by Adam Ford, um, a coach known for getting the most out of his squad, and uh, this year has certainly been no exception. Uh, their best player has clearly been Patrick Miller, and uh, despite Miller only shooting just over 30% from range where he is not that strong, uh, he might be a top three MVP candidate. Um, despite his team currently sitting seventh. 
Uh, he has been very consistent at the offensive end. He plays a decent role at the defensive end uh, and paired next to his good mate, Dejima McCall. Um, they have combined well in the backcourt for the Cairns Titans and are backed up rather well by Taron Armstrong, who has shown improvement of late. Uh, it proves he rebounds the ball well from the guard spot and has excellent passing skills. Um, yeah, so the backcourt for the Cairns Taipans is very, very strong. Um, I think Tajima Call has improved his decision-making in the last 10 or so games as well, uh, which have enabled the Cairns Taipans to uh, get some good results more recently against the league's leading team, Melbourne United, uh, which they uh, recently had a win against, 95-78. to 78. They were very competitive against Perth a couple of games ago. And um, yeah, look, they're a very versatile team. They have a lot of exciting pieces who can play a significant role on the team. Uh, probably one of those, one of the more dynamic play, players is their next star, Bobby Clintman, who seems destined to be drafted into the NBA, possibly in the first round. He is an excellent two-way player, super athletic, uh, very good in transition, good defender, can guard uh, the rim, can guard the basket as well against uh, sizable opposition, um, and is a decent shooter at the offensive end. Um, and opposition teams find him a difficult matchup most of the time. He is a bit of an X fan X factor for this Cairns Taipans squad, and will figure heavily in their rotation should they uh, make a post-season run. That is yet to be seen. They, as I said, currently sit seventh. They are going to need to get consistently good results um, in their remaining games. They only have eight or so left. Uh, their upcoming games there, Tasmania, they've got away. Then they go to oh, then they go home and play Adelaide, and then they're away to Illawarra. So you think they have to win probably all three of those games to improve their position on the ladder and perhaps push out a Breakers or a Southeast Melbourne uh, Phoenix team, but uh, it's not with out of the realm of possibility for uh, the Taipans to do this. They seemingly have a bit of a secret weapon against Melbourne United in uh, Josh Roberts, who we've only really seen play significant minutes against United. Um, but when Adam Ford brings him out against Melbourne United, he seems to be a problem for them. And uh, his size and ability at guarding the rim and finishing around the basket um, I mean, he shows really good skill, but it's seemingly only against Melbourne United, which is a strange thing. It's really hard to understand his role um, and what Adam Ford plans to do with Josh Roberts. But should they make a postseason run, I assume uh, Roberts's minutes will increase and he'll play a larger role. But we'll just have to wait and see to see what happens with that. 
Um, yeah, Josh Roberts, one of the mo- more uh, enigmatic players of NBL season 24. Uh, Bill Quall plays probably the most minutes for this squad. Certainly a player in line to possibly win the most improved player award at the end of this season. He has played every single game for the Cairns Taipans. He shoots over 44%, 44.6% from three-point range and uh, takes a decent amount of them as well. Um, his shooting has definitely improved this season. His free throw percentage lets him down a little bit. He only shoots from the free throw line at about 68%, um, but he's often tasked with guarding the opposition's best point guard or guard um, a lot of the time as well. And we've seen Bull uh, play upwards of 35 and sometimes 40 minutes for the entire time, depending on how Adam Ford uh, structures his lineup. So he's been definitely uh, one of their maybe best two players this season, Bull Qual. Sam Wardenberg, Sam Menenga, they've both provided moments throughout the season. They're the only other two players to have played every game so far. Uh, they both provide solid defense. They're big bodies and have both shown they can shoot the three despite their limited opportunity. I think Wardenberg plays a little bit more than Menenga, but Menenga more recently has improved his scoring rate and has managed to knock down a few more threes in his opportunity as well. So if they improve, perhaps they can uh, go on a bit of a run to close out the season here and secure a play-in spot. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see how Adam Ford can uh, you know, structure his lineups and so, to see who he trusts ultimately. Um, coming off their bench, they've got Lat Mayen, Jonah Antonio, Colder uh, Gak, and they've all shown that they can play a role for this team as well. So, you know, the tight ends are one of those teams who can catch fire from deep. They're good in transition, and uh, they make they generally make it tough for the teams playing them to to match up. Excuse me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them making a play-in spot and, uh, yeah, extremely unpredictable team. They can certainly go on runs against the best teams, which they've already shown this season. Um, Really interesting to see where they finish up, and I certainly think they are probably more likely than a team like the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix to make a play-in spot. But whether I'm right or wrong about that is yet to be seen. All right. Now let's get to the final four teams. And we start off with the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. They currently sit fourth in the league with a record of 10 wins and nine losses. Now, despite a fairly mediocre record, this Tasmania team is still very much in contention for this year's MBL championship. Uh, Scott Roth is a master tactician and knows exactly how to keep this team rolling forward. Uh, This has been the club's culture since their inception. 
they were contenders in the uh, they were contenders in their very first season in the NBL, and they continue to be among the top teams in the league, and that's largely due to Scott Roth and uh, what sort of culture he's been able to instill the club there. Uh, Now, they have quality imports. Jordan Crawford, they picked up this year. Uh, The little uh, big man, the, the, uh, the little dynamo, averages 18 points a game and about 3.7 assists. Now, there is a bit of a question um, with his efficiency. Sometimes he will take uh, a few looks at the offensive end of the floor, which seem a bit questionable, but there's no question over this guy's talent and what he can do with the ball in his hands. He's almost unstoppable and probably one of the most difficult players to stay in front of uh, defensively in the league. He's paired in the backcourt with uh, Milton Doyle, who's averaging a healthy 15.3 points a game and 4.5 assists a game. This guy is just uh, a a game winner, uh, always stays pretty level-headed, never gets flustered, and can be trusted to take the most um, clutch shot um, that's needed on this team. Um, there's no question over his offensive ability, and he is quietly one of the best uh, defenders in the league as well. And um, it continues to keep this team um, ultra competitive in the league, and um, also among the uh, league's best teams. Now, they have lost two out of their last three games. Uh, most recently against the New Zealand Breakers, um, despite Sean McDonald shooting seven for nine from the three-point line off the bench for them. Um, He's definitely an X factor and proves how deep this team is. They also lost against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, which I was very happy about at the time. But I see these losses as a little bit of an anomaly for this team. You'd be stupid to count them out of the best teams in the league and without a chance at winning the championship. Um, One of the reasons for that is Jack McVeigh. Now, this guy leads the league in plus minus. And... For all you basketball heads out there, you know exactly what plus minus is. Um, that basically speaks to how valuable he is to this team when he's on the floor um, in all of their games. Overall, he is a plus 107, which is the best in the league. So clearly this team is buoyed by the presence of Jack McVeigh. McVeigh averages 16 points a game and five rebounds, also a couple of assists. Um, He's a very good on-ball defender for his size. Um, He's one of the top contenders for most improved player, maybe a contender for defensive player of the year. Who knows? Uh, the, The fact is this team just plays better when McVeigh is playing well. And... This season has been one of Jack McVeigh's best seasons. Um, He has an uncanny ability to hit a big shot, whether it's from the three-point line or whether it's a defensive play. He he can uh, do it against pretty much anyone in the league. 
So he's a huge X factor for this squad. Uh, another uh, huge influence on this squad is Will Magne. Um, generally plays off the bench um, and probably doesn't play more than about 20 minutes a game. But when he's on the floor, uh, he can send back any number of shots from inside the paint and can finish at the rim like a monster. Um, they can pretty much throw it up anywhere to him and he can finish it off with a massive dunk, as we've seen in recent games. Um, if he can stay off the injury list, he is going to be a massive factor in whether the Jack Jumpers can get wins against the league's best. They have one of the better runs home, the Jack Jumpers, so don't pay any attention to their 10 and 9 record. They are certainly in contention here and could very well finish in the top three teams in the league. They also have Marcus Lee at the five spot, and he has seemed to adjust his game better as the season goes on. He was fouling out of a lot of games earlier in the season, uh, and it seems like Scott Roth has got through to him a little bit, and he seems to be able to make better use of his minutes out there, um, and he is an elite rim defender and can finish close to the rim pretty well as good as Magne can as well. Uh, other decent shooting players outside of the starting five, um, uh, Clint Steindl and Anthony Drimmick. Uh, Anthony Drimmick actually starts most games. And, uh, of course, uh, Sean McDonald coming off the bench there. They can all shoot from range and provide uh, a scoring punch when defences are getting on top of uh, their backcourt. They're a very deep team, the Jack Jumpers. They never say die. Um, They haven't won a championship yet, but it's probably only a matter of time for this club. Uh, Whether they can do it this year or not is a little bit up in the air, Um, but make no mistake about it, this team's built to win a championship. Scott Roth is... Uh, always in the conversation for coach of the year, just the way he goes about it is ultimately um, very professional and of an extremely high level. It's probably just whether they can keep their best players healthy and whether they believe in themselves enough to beat the best teams in the league. Uh, So, Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, don't count them out. You'd be absolutely stupid to. Uh, They are certainly a contender for this year's NBL championship. Next team on the list here is the Sydney Kings, who currently sit third on the NBL ladder. And uh, let's just have a look at their squad here and their recent results. Last three games have been a bit iffy for the Sydney Kings, uh, but make no mistake about it, they are the reigning champs of the league. Uh, they boast an extremely talented lineup, an extremely deep lineup. Um, offensively, they are stacked. Defensively, they can certainly more than hold their own. They've recently lost games against the New Zealand Breakers and Illawarra Hawks um, by fairly narrow margins. Um, they tend to get a little bit complacent. That's probably the one knock on this squad is they can uh, 
muster up a, uh, a fairly decent lead in the game, but they tend to let other teams back in. Um, they're sitting on a record of 10 wins and eight losses. And their lineup features former league MVP Jalen Adams, currently averaging 18 points a game and five assists per game. Uh, this guy's a game breaker. He's former league MVP for a reason and is probably one of the top contenders for this year's league MVP if he can stay consistent and um, provide scoring for this team, provide a bit of defense and uh, keep the pace of the game up-tempo, which is, I think, certainly to the Sydney Kings' favour. The Kings added DJ Hogue this season, who has taken a little bit of time to get going, but uh, he certainly has it rolling a little bit now. Um, He had a bit of an injury-interrupted start to the season, but, um, yeah, he's uh, certainly... um, fulfilling a role offensively for this team, uh, shooting threes at about 35% and scoring about 14.5 points a game. Any team would love to have a guy like this who can just explode at any minute from range and uh, can shoot a little bit off the dribble and and provide you a bit of defense in the paint as well. Not a probably really a known defender, but certainly has a lot of length and um, can contribute at the defensive end. Denzel Valentine's another one of their extremely talented players. Um, He's had a few stinkers. Uh, I think he had a zero-point game um, earlier in the season, Um, but he has quietly gone about stuffing the stat sheet most games and contributing points, rebounds, and assists at a pretty consistent rate for this Kings team. Played quite a few NBA games, and the Sydney Kings are certainly valuing valuing his efforts pretty highly this season, and he looks to have it flowing at the moment. He's always a threat from the three-point line. He's a pretty deadly shoot, shooter when he gets it going. Um, so... Uh, yeah, just another piece of this roster that's extremely talented and can break a game open. Um, Jordan Hunter is probably uh, one of the best uh, defenders in the league, if not the best defensive player in the league. He leads the league in field goal percentage as well, shooting it over fifty, uh, shooting it at over sixty percent for the year so far, and. Um, you know, would would possibly challenge a player like Jack McVeigh for most improved player. Um, he has the ability to change the game defensively or uh, finishing above the rim at the offensive end and has been pretty consistent when he's been on the floor this season. Um, certainly not a high flyer by any standards, but he can certainly body up against any of the opposing bigs on any other team and uh, do more than hold his own. Uh, Jalen Galloway is uh, also one of their, probably the King's best defender outside of Jordan Hunter, Um, an elite on-ball defender, um, can turn the other team over and finish in transition uh, with with ease, he's he's young, he's athletic, and has uh, skills um, 
that uh, many other players don't possess in the NBL. Um, certainly the better Galloway brother, in my opinion, uh, hence why I probably didn't even mention Kyron, who is uh, playing for the Adelaide 36ers. Um, could probably, they could probably stand to have him on the court a little bit more, but let's just stick to the Sydney Kings. Um, yeah, they go nine deep easily, the Kings. Um, another elite player, elite shooter they have coming off the bench is Quat Noy. Um, another new addition to this Kings team and has proven that when he gets going, he can uh, just um, shoot flames. He, he can he can light it up from the three-point line um, if they need him to um, and is just another reason why uh, this Sydney Kings squad is heavily favoured for this year's championship. Now, I'll be honest and say that I had plenty of doubt about Jonah Bolden um, before the start of this NBL season. I was very vocal about that on a previous episode of this podcast and quite critical of him for various reasons, but he has certainly proven me wrong um, and is one of the best per-minute players, per-minute producers in the league. Um, he would probably be the best rebounder in the league if he was able to stay on the court for more than 17 to 18 minutes a game. Um, he's an elite three-point shooter, shoots above 43% from the three-point line and is uh, has a lot of length and very agile, highly mobile, big man, and um, can certainly run the floor better than uh, most big men in the league. And just another reason why the Sydney Kings could easily three-peat after already winning back-to-back championships the last two years in the NBL. Yeah, Jonah Bolden certainly one of the best big reasons why the Sydney Kings are still sitting in a uh, top three position in the NBL. Uh, and then you've got uh, a bench that features NBL 23 finals hero Angus Glover. He comes off the bench for this squad and is obviously tough and gritty and uh, can still shoot the three and just plays with all sorts of heart. Sean Bruce, he comes off their bench as well and um, – you know, one look at this guy and you just want to punch his face in. But if he's on your team, you love him because he um, is, is just probably one of the grittiest on-ball defenders that, that you'll find. And because he plays off the bench, he can play with all kinds of freedom to uh, be aggressive at the defensive end and, um, yeah, and make the odd three-point shot out there as well. Now, uh, the Kings have a new head coach, this year, Mahmoud Abdel Fattah. Uh, they've been he's been criticised a little bit for the way he gives the players a bit more free reign and lets them play through bad patches and that sort of thing. Um, but there's no doubt about the Sydney Kings. They're extremely deep. They're extremely talented. There's no doubt they can win the championship this year. It's just whether they can be consistent on the defensive end and restrict opposing teams a bit more consistently uh, and not get complacent and let other teams, you know, get a run on and uh, come back in games where they hold a fairly substantial lead. So Sydney Kings, 
they're probably finals bound, but um, yeah, just it's just whether they can maintain they can maintain it on the defensive end and force other teams out of what they're trying to do. But uh, make no mistake about it, the, the Sydney Kings they'll probably be there at the end of the season. Uh, in saying that, let's move on to the next team, which is going to be the Perth. Wildcats. Now, after the first five games this season, you would have said that um, this Perth Wildcats team is um, not going to make it. You would have said that after the first seven games this year. Bryce Cotton wasn't scoring the ball as well. New coach John really seemed to not get rotations right. Uh, you had Corey Webster and Ty Webster in lineups throwing up all types, types of garbage um, on the offensive end, they just seem like a mess. Um, but since uh, that two and five start, pretty much everyone has been proven wrong. Bryce Cotton has got back to his career best form. Um, he's averaging uh, just under 23 points a game, is unquestionably probably the best player in the league and uh, looks like league MVP uh, as it stands now. John really has uh, been pretty masterful in uh, evaluating the squad and changing roles for players to get it all to work together. Uh, he's adjusted roles for Jordan Usher and Keanu Pinder. Uh, those guys have numbers uh, have probably taken a fairly large hit, but he has convinced them that it's for the good of the team and it certainly shows in their record now. They sit second in the league at 11 wins and seven losses. Uh, and bear in mind, they had five losses in the first seven games. So since then, they have gone nine and two and are deservedly sitting second in the standings in NBL 24. John really doesn't really pump himself up too much. He stays level. He maintains he's always had faith in uh, the lineup here. And uh, those early losses were just working things out. And I think uh, that's proving to be correct now as um, we see uh, the Wildcats getting wins against, uh, more recently, against Melbourne United, knocking them over. Actually, no, they, they lost that game, the open-air game against Melbourne, Melbourne United, but they were right there in with a chance at the end of the game. Few things go differently um, at the end of that one, and uh, they easily get it. They could have easily won it in regular time. Um, had just a couple of the ball bounced a little bit differently for them. Um, they're certainly deservedly uh, the second best, or should be viewed as the second best team in the league. Uh, they recently beat Cairns in a very close game and thrashed Adelaide. Um, over there uh, in Adelaide. So, yeah, it looks like they're getting it together. They've got the New Zealand Breakers coming up away, and then they play the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix uh, at home in Perth, and then they have Brisbane at home in Perth as well. So, it certainly looks like they have a pretty favorable run home. Uh, more than likely, they're probably going to make finals. They're going to be extremely tough to beat uh, for anyone looking to take this squad out. 
One of the reasons I think for their improvement is probably the play of Christian Doolittle. Um, he took a little while to figure it out at the start of the season as well, but he's probably a top five defender in the league. Um, he's a more than capable post scorer, more than capable mid-range shooter who can create his own shot. And um, yeah, very, very solid defensively. Doesn't doesn't say a lot, doesn't say a great deal, but doesn't need to. He lets his game do the talking. Um, we haven't even mentioned Alexandre Saar, who, who's projected to go two or one in next year's NBA draft. Uh, seemingly limitless ceiling for this guy. Legit 7-1 with a 7-5 wingspan. Um, he plays a lesser role on this Wildcat squad, but... Yeah, make no mistake about it, he can change a game just with his ability. Um, he's young, so he's not always going to make the right decision, but he is an absolute matchup nightmare for any opposing team. Um, he blocks shots with ease, he can shoot from range, he can go off the dribble as a seven-footer, and he's just a complete weapon uh, to throw out there to cause chaos um, for any opposing team. Don't be surprised if you see him play uh, a few more minutes in the Perth Wildcats postseason run. Now, another thing that I'll openly admit here, I don't like either of the Webster brothers, uh, Ty or Corey. I think they're both pretty garbage. But to Ty's credit, he has sort of adjusted his game uh, to complement the other players on the team a little bit more. He has... A uh, pretty good ability to score off the dribble, and he just tends to keep the scoreboard ticking over for this Perth Wildcat squad against opposing second teams. So, another valuable piece um, for John Rilly to have out there. Um, another good move John Rilly made was putting Hiram Harris in the starting lineup. He's pretty much featured in every uh, starting five that the Perth Wildcats have won. Um, he he provides all the necessary effort plays. He's not necessarily a, de- uh, uh, um, he's not necessarily really a, a scorer, but he is um, an extremely disciplined defender. Um, he's quite simply the uh, the glue that keeps that starting five uh, locked in on defense and. Um, doing the team thing on offense. He's the ultimate team player, and, and when he starts, they win. It's it's that simple. And, um, oh, yeah, uh, Jesse Wagstaff still plays. Um, he's still running out there and flopping around, setting tough screens um, and, and, and hitting ugly as fuck three-point shots. Um, you, I've heard his teammates be quite vocal in referring to him as, as their coach on the floor. And um, if it's one thing Wagstaff knows how to do, it's win championships and just win games in general. So the fact that he still plays significant minutes out there it should speak volumes. Um, just, just his vocal presence is another thing that keeps this team focused on – uh, making the right play, making the smart play, whereas early in the season they were probably uh, a little bit overly emotional and and letting their emotions run things a bit too much and, and that would tend to throw them off 
uh, in games. They seem to have all that stuff under control now. They've reined it all in. They're focused. They're uh, they're determined, and they know how to win. And they've got players that are that have done it time and time again. So you'd be stupid to think these guys won't give themselves every chance in in every game uh, that they play for the remainder of the year. And they are more than likely to be a finals fixture. Um, the longer the season goes on, the more likely it looks like the Perth Wildcats could win it all. So um, keep an eye on them making the finals. And uh, all right, so the final team here, the final freaking team to be reviewed for the season so far in NBL 24 is Melbourne United. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of this squad, but credit where it's due, guys. Um, They are quite simply put the best team in the league to this point, and they have a stacked roster. They have an absolutely loaded roster, and and there's a lot of good reasons why this club sits uh, right at the top in first position in the standings. They have a record of 14 wins and four losses. They're probably the deepest team in the NBL this season. Um, they added Luke Travis this year. Luke Travis, uh, formerly of the Perth Wildcats, um, and Tanner Krebs from the Brisbane Bullets. Um, two excellent additions uh, to their roster. And uh, Luke Travis is is probably looking at an NBA roster spot next NBA season. And it, it, quite simply, he's that good. He's he's big. He can shoot. He can run the floor. He can he, he makes good decisions. Um, he he gets his teammates involved. Um, yeah, he's just an incredible talent, Luke Travis, and he's um, not even probably in their top three players. Tanner Krebs is a great shooter, comes off the bench, and uh, I've seen him hit a number of big shots this year against all types of opposition in limited minutes. So he's just another weapon uh, Dean Vickerman, their head coach, can put out there. Uh, They've also got Ian Clark and Matthew Delavadova. I mean, everyone knows these guys. They've got NBA rings, and Clark won one with Sydney last year. So they simply know how to win. Delhi has improved his offensive game this year. I, I don't trust it still. I wouldn't put the ball in his hands with, you know, to hit the, a game-tying three or anything, but he will fool the opposition with his offensive aggressiveness. Uh, but he's a pretty good facilitator for their bigs, uh, like Ariel Hookporty and Joe Lawal-Chul. Especially Hookporty seems to have developed pretty good chemistry with him. Seen a number of lobs thrown by Delhi to Hook Porty this season uh, for uh, Hook Porty to finish at the rim. Um, yeah, Joe Luwal Chul. I mean, this guy continues to make awkward shots off the dribble. Um, he can drain the three. And he can defend the rim at an elite level. He has had a seven-block game uh, not too long ago. So. Yeah, I mean, this Melbourne United squad, they just have all sorts of weapons. Uh, as I mentioned just before, Ariel Hookporty, he comes off the bench. So when uh, JLA isn't getting it done, they throw Hookporty out there and he's a monster at the defensive end, defending the rim and can finish above the rim pretty easily as well. 
and continues to go ahead in leaps and bounds. They also have Shaley coming off the bench. He's probably one of the best defenders at his position in the league. He is an absolute headache for opposing guards, constantly making life hell for them with his defense. And he'll shoot the ugliest fuck three and uh, make more than he misses. Just when you think uh, he can't make one, he will. So he's just another one that Dickerman can throw out there to uh, cause chaos for uh, any opposing squad. And then, um, you know, how long are we going to take before we mention CG43? This guy, 35 years old, maybe having a career season. Um, It looks like everything he puts up is going to go in this season. I've watched a lot of Melbourne United games and his shooting is just pure. Whether he's off balance, whether his feet are set, they all look like uh, they're going in and he can absolutely destroy a defense with his shooting and he makes it look easy as well. So love him or hate him, um, he's actually in the MVP conversation. That's how good he's playing despite all the talent that's around him. Um, he's a world-class shooter. I'm not overstating that. And he looks like he could still play three or four more years and be effective in the NBL. Um, so he, he's just simply, he can just break a game open with his shooting. CG43, Chris Golding. What more can be said about him? He, if they win the championship, he'll probably be finals MVP at the very least. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Golding. <laughs> having an amazing, amazing season. Uh, now, no one knew who Kyle Bowen was at the start of this year, including me. I have no idea who he is now even. Uh, but Dean Vickerman clearly trusts this guy in crucial stages of the game and won't hesitate to throw him in off the bench for him to shoot ugly as fuck, almost one-handed shooting. I mean, what's with that style, man? What's What's with his shooting form? I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Like it, it, none of his shots look like they're going in, but he's made a bunch of them at, at, off the bench for Melbourne United at in, in crucial stages of close games. So uh, he's just another one Vickerman can throw out there to, um, you know, just cause mayhem. Uh, Flynn Cameron looks just as talented as his old man Perro, and if you don't know who he is, please go and look up Perro Cameron, uh, one of the greatest players to ever come out of New Zealand. I think he is the coach of the national basketball team in New Zealand now. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I think he probably is. And Flynn Cameron is just a slimmer version <laughs> of Perro. Um, his shooting form it looks pure. And he is quite a mature game for a young dude. Uh, he comes off the Melbourne United bench as well. And he uh, is absolutely fearless when when he does. He's got no fear at all. He'll take it in against any defense. And he looks good shooting the three or um, trying to dunk on someone. So he's just another reason why Melbourne United are probably going to win the championship. Um, you know, don't sweat that recent loss to Cairns. Melbourne United... 14 and 4, sitting first in the standings uh, for all types of good reasons. Easily title favourites. It's They're going to take a lot of beating in a five game series. I doubt it's going to be outside of Perth or Sydney. You know, Tasmania, maybe, 
But uh, for everyone else, they're on the outside looking in. Melbourne United have clearly separated themselves as the best team in the league, and that looks set to continue in NBL 24. Rightio, so there it is, guys. There's the 2023, uh, two-thirds of the way through NBL 24 season review, team review, whatever you want to call it. I'm not even sure what I'm calling this at the moment, the uh, 2023 season wrap-up, whatever. Uh, I'll probably have to edit this outro because it's pretty stupid so far. Yeah, no, look, uh, I'd be the first to mention the, the parody in NBL. Now, there's clearly a, a best team and a worst team now, but anything in between that is pretty debatable. So the parody argument is still very strong here in Australia, in our National League, and that's exactly the thing that makes it supremely interesting versus other leagues. In, in the world. Um, it's why the viewership has increased this year. The on-court talent just seems to be getting better and better. We're attracting better and better players from overseas to play in our league as well. Game after game has just been quality this season. Very few blowouts. I've heard some social media naysayers speak about some games not being a good advertisement for the league. Well, I would respond by saying there's been far more games that are a great advertisement for our National Basketball League uh, than there have been bad ones, um, and quite obviously, too. So who knows where this podcast goes from here? I'm not really sure. I can't give you a definite on that. I definitely want to get the other guys involved. I definitely like to do more video stuff as well. Um, but we'll see where it goes. Maybe we've got um, some some game previews coming up. I might switch things over to that. I might start talking about the NBA some more. But definitely we're going to stay tuned in to the NBL. It looks like it's going to be an exciting finish to the year. There's between eight and ten games to go for each team now. So, uh, yeah, we're starting to see um, who are the favourites and who are looking to next year. Yeah, make no mistake about it, guys. The NBL is among the top leagues of basketball in the world now. That's an unquestionable fact. And uh, I look forward to see if any uh, or anyone can knock over Melbourne United. They look to be clearly the best team in the league so far this year. Uh, and barring any major changes to their roster through injury, I think they are out and out the favourites to win the NBL championship this year. Um, and it's only Perth or Sydney that can knock them over, really, um, with a, a smoky chance thrown the way of the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. So, look, I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. I'm going to finish it up here. Um, thanks very much for watching, listening, whatever you happen to be doing, uh, for staying tuned through 2023 to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I know it's only a very select group of you out there who actually listen to this, but I just want you to know that it's very much appreciated uh, and I'm going to look to ramp things up as much as I can in 2024 here and keep this show going yeah we're on instagram at 
GT Basketball Pod if you want to follow us there. Also on Twitter at GT Basketball Pod. Uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us there. iTunes, Spotify, uh, and any of the podcast aggregators. We, we might try to get YouTube and Rumble involved this year. Who knows? Uh, we'll see how we go with that. Um, but once again, thanks to everyone for listening throughout 2023 and onwards and upwards in 2024. I look forward to bringing you heaps more basketball content than we ever have here on the podcast. Let's see how that goes. Rather than talk more about it, let's just wrap it up here. Thanks very much once again for listening. I'll get back in your ears on the next episode of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. See you later, guys.